Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. Oh my 
of the city, a river of life flowing with grace. It's healing the thirsting of many, and the water that flows from the throne one day will lead me home. Living water still satisfies, brings the dead into glorious life. Blood was shed. thankful for you and you're listening to the broadcast today. My prayer is that this worship music has touched your heart and spoken to your spirit, directed your attention to the worship of the one true and living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, three in one. Today we're beginning the study of Psalm 40. This psalm echoes the cry for help from the psalmist. And I think it's appropriate that we look at this sermon. It's entitled, Wait on God. And I want to mind the riches of the psalmist's experience and the deliverance of God for his life into our own lives. We can find the same God performing the same deliverance with the same grace that he moved in behalf of of David. God still moves and God still delivers. Let's read together Psalm 40 and then I'll begin the exposition. The Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor as such turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, They are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. 
for innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. They're more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me, You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. I want to speak to you today on the subject of waiting on God. To really grow in the Lord, we must wait on God to move. Why should we wait on God? There are six reasons we must wait on God. Today, we're going to unpack three. Number one, we must wait for God to bring us up from our difficult circumstances. The psalmist David, King David of Israel, the sweet psalmist of Israel, wrote these words, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. This declaration at the beginning of the psalm describes David who cries out to the Lord in prayer, seeking God to help him from a horrible pit. And we see that God heard his cry And the phrase, I waited patiently for the Lord, is what I want to zero in on. The psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord. This is what this message is all about, waiting on the Lord. And that particular phrase indicates that he waited, and he waited and continued to wait. And he waited on God to move in his life as he prayed. This is a great lesson on perseverance in prayer. But what exactly was the pit that David experienced. The horrible pit or pit of tumult was a phrase used to describe the lowest level of Sheol, the abode of the dead. I was not only on the brink, David said, but in the very bottom of the pit. And I was desperate and in danger, as this phrase signifies. He was close to death, but in his vivid imagination, he was already in the realm of the dead. Any disaster, but particularly disease, was regarded as involving the sufferer in the sphere of death. So healing or restoration could be described as deliverance from Sheol, the place of the dead. The horrible pit is pictured here as the underworld, a great cistern, the bottom of which was a slippery clay where no foothold could be trusted. And from that uh, muddy, miry death, the psalmist cried out to the Lord, waiting upon him in the steadfast faith that he would help him. And from his lofty dwelling, God, like a gracious father, bends down to hear his child's voice and move upon his prayer. He brought David up. He restored him. He lifted him up and put him on a rock to the security of a rock. To reach him, God would have had to go down into those depths himself before he could bring him up out of the mud. 
We know that David struggled with deep depression his entire life, evidenced by the many allusions he makes in the Psalms to the despair and the depression. As he really was a creative genius, he also struggled struggled with this a hopeless depression. Some of you may also be struggling with depression today in a sense of hopelessness. Just listen to the heart of the psalmist as he cried out to the Lord for help. God heard and moved. We see the exact same thing in Psalm 18 that we studied last week. When the psalmist was overcome with this sense of, of death bearing down on him, he writes, the pains of death surrounded me. And the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Verse 6, 18, Psalm 18, he says, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my cry from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. The psalmist was waiting on the Lord and crying out to him until God Moved. I'm reminded of the story by Max Lucado who writes this. He says, So here I sit in the waiting room. The receptionist took my name, recorded my insurance data, and gestured a chair. Please have a seat. We will call you when the doctor is ready. I look around. A mother holds a sleepy baby. A fellow dressed in a suit thumbs through the Time magazine. A woman with a newspaper looks at her watch and sighs and continues the task of the hour, which is waiting. The waiting room, not the examination room, that's down the hall. Not the consultation room, that's on the other side of the wall. Not the treatment room. Exams, consultations, and treatments all come later. The task at hand is the name of the room, the waiting room. We in the waiting room understand our assignment. It's to wait. We don't treat each other. I don't ask the nurse for a stethoscope or blood pressure cuff. I don't pull a chair next to the woman with the newspaper and say, tell me what prescriptions you're taking. That's the job of the nurse. My job is to wait. So I do. Can't say I like it. Time moves like an Alaskan glacier. The clock ticks every five minutes, not every second. Someone presses the pause button. Life in slow-mo. Friend, God is trying to speak to you in the waiting room in this time of distress this time of waiting and seeking. But when we look at David, who waited on the Lord, we realize that waiting involves faith. We must not work a work of deliverance on our own. We must wait on God to do it. Only God can work the miracle. Only God can perform what needs to happen. My question today for you is, what pit are you struggling in? Depression, the pit of anxiety, the pit of addiction, the pit of physical sickness, frustration? Are you waiting and waiting in prayerful expectation that God is going to move? I'm reminded of the promise from Isaiah that says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting means continually trusting. Waiting means keeping the faith in response, trusting in God's response to your prayer. Waiting means patiently anticipating God to move in respect to your prayers. 
I encourage you to wait on God, pray, and trust that he will bring you up out of the pit that you're in today. And according to his word, he will. Number two, the second reason is we must wait for God to put a new song in our mouth. The scripture says that God put a new song in the psalmist's mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. When David finally discovered God's help, he was moved to worship God. God delivered David when David refused to take things into his own hands or go to another source for help. Truly, Yahweh is the only source of help for the sweet psalmist of Israel. And through experience, the psalmist discovers that God is his help. And truly, Yahweh is the only help for anyone or any nation that seeks God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the God of the Bible. He truly is our only help. And when we trust him and him alone, then God will move. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. The Lord put a new song in David's mouth. The songwriter all of a sudden broke out in a new song. He was highly gifted in music. He was extremely creative. But the point is, David waited upon God, and then God put a song in his mouth when he delivered him from the deep and dark pit of despair. When God gives you a reason to worship him with a new song, then proclaim it. We receive it from God, and that way we must wait upon God to give it to us. The result of that new song God puts into your heart, and that will bring changed lives in other people. God will use you to touch others through your new song. My children are all gifted. I have six children. And my oldest son, Mark, who's also the producer for this radio broadcast at the point in time, is a very gifted songwriter. A new song has a freshness of worship that brings us to a point to look at God and his greatness and salvation and his redeeming love. Mark wrote a song not too long ago called Living Water. And last year, while we were in Israel, we went to uh, Jacob's well. And there, Mark began to sing that song with his cell phone playing the accompanying instrumental track behind him. It was electrifying. The Spirit of God fell on that song beside that ancient well, right there where Jesus had met the woman at the well to give her living water. And all of our team began to worship God, the same God who saved the woman at the well through this brand new song. People began to flock around the well. Other tourists came in, and they began to video the song, and our team was greatly moved by this new and anointed song. When God puts a song in your heart, then share it with others. And God will, when Jesus brings you up from the pit of your despair, from the miry clay, and from your darkness, and gives you light, and set your feet on the rock, he'll give you a new song. And you can sing this new song to and for him. You will have a reason to sing. And others will be impacted, and God will be glorified. When God moves, we will have a reason to sing. Number three, the third reason is we must wait for God to receive the blessing. Verses four and five, blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works. 
which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, there are more than can be numbered. We, I see in this text that we find a place of blessing when we make the Lord our trust, and we have to wait for God to receive that blessing. The psalmist affirms his absolute trust in the Lord, and he also affirms the trust that he has in the congregation with all the, the nation of Israel. He makes mention of what God has done among all the people and toward us and what God is doing in the nation. Here the psalmist declares that truly the person who makes blessing, who produces blessing, who gives blessing is is the Lord Yahweh and trust in him. The Hebrew word for blessed is Azrei, which is translated uh, here as blessed. It can be translated happy, but it's found also in Psalm 1-1 and also Psalm 32-2. This word expresses the sense of joy and satisfaction in one's state or circumstances. It often is the result of blessing that comes from trust in and obedience to Yahweh. This word for blessed comes from the root Hebrew word meaning to be straight, right, well-ordered. So the inner life of the one who is blessed is well-ordered around his unshakable or her unshakable trust in God and his or her refusal to compromise with the arrogant and his or her integrity bound up in truthfulness. This is the prescription for a blessed person. Jesus used a similar Greek word in the New Testament in the Beatitudes when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. That word blessed, makarios, describes the person who is singularly favored by God and therefore in some sense is happy, though the word can also apply as God being blessed. So as we wait on God, as we look to God, as we seek God, as we pray to God, we trust fully in him and his faithful promise in our lives. Then we discover the joy and favor of God in our hearts and lives. That, friend, is what the psalmist discovered. And that blessing is what you can discover as well if you find what the psalmist found, unshakable trust in God in all his circumstances and despite all his circumstances in her book, It's My Turn, Ruth Bell Graham, which you'll know as Billy Graham's wife, tells a story about her growing up days in Xinjiang, China, where her father was a missionary doctor. The business manager at the local hospital told about a jolly gentleman named Mr. Kao Air. One day as he attended prayer meeting, bandits broke into his house and kidnapped his two children an eight-year-old son, and a baby daughter. As word spread, the local Christians and missionaries gathered in earnest prayer, never one to miss an opportunity to witness. Mr. K.O. Ayer had a large sign painted and posted in front of the hospital gate. It said, in effect, quote, The bandits have kidnapped our children and have demanded a thousand yuan ransom. I'm not a wealthy man. I cannot pay a thousand yuan. I cannot pay five hundred yuan. I cannot even pay fifty yuan. But I believe God. If it's His will, He is able to bring my children back without any ransom. 
People passing by were amazed at his message, and it was widely expected that the children would be quickly killed. Weeks passed, and in the course of time, a band of soldiers broke in upon the hive of bandits. As they pursued them, the soldiers heard a sound from the ditch beside the road. One soldier stopped to look, and there he found a skeleton-like child lying in the ditch where the bandits had hastily thrown him. It was Mr. K.O. Ayer's son. He had been imprisoned under a large overturned vessel and was on the brink of starvation, but he was alive, and he recovered. But what of the baby girl? Later, there was another battle between the bandits and the soldiers. This time, the wife of the bandit chief was captured, and she was found nursing two babies, not twins, too near in age to both be her own. The daughter, you guessed it, was returned to her parents. Ruth recalls sitting one Sunday in the little gray brick Chinese church. I watched as Mr. K.O. Air, carrying his still too weak to walk son and his wife, carrying the now healthy chubby baby girl as they walked forward down to the front of the church to the altar to publicly give thanks to God and to dedicate both children to him. Friend, when you wait on God, God will move and God will show his deliverance and his power in your life. I encourage you this week to wait on God. Let's say a quick prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will teach us to wait on you. God, we're so impatient. God, we want what we want. We want to manipulate. We want to cajole and try to get what we want. But God, help us to to wait upon you, to wait on the Lord, and to trust you and to seek your face. You know everything we need. You're our provider. You're the father of of lights, and there's no variation or turning. You're the giver of all good gifts. And so, Lord, we commit to waiting on you and trusting you and seeking you. And, Lord, we thank you for your answer to prayer and that you will move as you brought David up from the pit leading to to death. You brought him up and set his feet on the rock. God, I pray for all our listeners that they will find that same experience and you'll bring them up out of what they're facing by the power of the living God and the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll give you honor and glory in whose name we pray. Amen. Friend, wait on God this week. Put your faith entirely in him and may you find the blessing of waiting on God and seeing him move in your behalf. So until next week, God bless you. He sees past all my scars He breaks our barriers down He meets us
river that flows from heaven's gate right through the midst of the city a river of life flowing with grace it's healing the thirsting of many and the water that flows from the May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.